You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show for Monday, the 14th of August 2023. We're proud to acknowledge the Yurundjeri people, the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, a weekly program broadcasting from 3CR Naram, Melbourne, Australia, about bicycles, cycling, micromobility, urban transport and a whole bunch of other issues. And my name's Chris. On today's show, I'm going to be chatting to Julian O'Shea about a very interesting import onto Australian streets. And you may have seen a little bit of his stuff, well, actually a lot of his stuff, across his socials and across, you know, the, um, the project and a couple of other places in terms of uh, also articles about truck sellers. So we get into that. Uh, and things that you can do as well if you're concerned about some of the ramifications. Ram, get it? Huh? Dad jokes. Anyway... Yeah, it's just as I say in the uh, chat with uh, Julian Locke, you know, I'm five foot. I barely come up to the front of one of these things. What's the point in having something like this on the roads if we're kind of going one way with, you know, trying to slow down or get better infrastructure and things seem to be kind of going boresque in another direction? But anyway, some news and events. Now, if you ride on the Wellington Street separated bike lane in Collingwood, this is a heads up for southbound around about the Perry Street area. There has been some interesting debris. Uh, people have been picking up things along there and there's been some punches. So if you see anything, please take photos. Please report what you've seen. City of Yarra have a damaged roads and footpath uh, page, but you can also call them on 920 yeah, that's the thing to the reception. Now, uh, yeah, there's been some interesting stuff going on down there, so heads up, keep an eye out, and uh, have that uh, phone at the ready to take some pictures. And also you can uh, email info at yarracity.vic.gov.au. I've got a thing at the moment on the platform previously known as Twitter. If you see anything... Please report it ASAP. Now, another bit of uh, news is that uh, coming up for this Wednesday, and it's just going to be really crammed this Wednesday because, you know, a lot of us are we're watching something on the weekend and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a busy night on Wednesday. But just bringing up, if you're concerned about what has happened with the Shrine to Sea project, 
there's going to be a chance to have some input now. I'm just going to bring that up now. Proposed bike lane controls for Kerford Road and the council, City of Port Phillip, will vote on the 16th of August to advocate to the state government to construct a separated uh, bike lane corridor in Kerford Road with the removal of two vehicle lanes. Despite massive resident opposition. Really, 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 come on, people. We've had quite a few programs on the Yarrabug Radio about Kerford Road. For God's sakes, it's one of the widest streets you've ever seen. Anyway, so what you can do, you can come along to City of Port Phillip meeting on Wednesday the 16th of August, either in person or online, and make a short statement how the protected mobility lanes would protect you. To do this, you can fill in a request to speak form by 4pm Wednesday. If you don't feel comfortable speaking, your presence and support would be wonderful. Uh, The meeting is at St Kilda Town Hall, 6.30pm, public Commented is at the beginning, and so yeah, you should kind of finish up by about half past seven. So there's a request to speak link which is at portphilip.vic.gov.au. And if not, you can write to your local councillors and all the email addresses there. And that's at the uh, Port Phillip Bicycle User Group uh, website, which is ppbug.org. Now, I will put all that into the uh, podcast description. So yeah, we've uh, some silly attitudes. You know, add options. Do not take away. Another thing that's coming up, and I will bring this up, is that uh, the St Kilda bike lanes are finally happening. So, do you want to come along and celebrate this? So, to celebrate the long journey getting protected bike lanes on St Kilda Road, uh, we're inviting you, and this is uh, Paul Phillip Bug again, uh, we're inviting you to a community opening of the St Kilda uh, Road bike lanes and whether you've been patiently advocating this for the last decade or more or newly inspired a ride, please come along. So that's going to be at 11am Sunday the 27th of August and it's going to be at the M Pavilion opposite the NGV and it's not corporate or uh government hosted event this is a celebration of what we make it so please bring along some fun stuff to share be it cake activities for the kids or bike decorations and uh, bicycle user groups uh, if you're you know you're all listening out there if you want to organize a ride in to meet up with the event if you're doing so you can go and have a look at the uh, event page and i'm just going to bring that up now for port phillip bicycle user group and uh, some more details there which again is at ppbug.org there's a flyer there. So, look, it's a community event, so come along. So, after the break, I'm going to be chatting to Julian O'Shea about pickup trucks, or what we like to politely call them, uh, truck zillas. It's coming up to Science Week again, and that can only mean one thing. Yes, it's the Lost in Science Trivia Night. Monday the 14th of August, 7pm at the Carring Bush Hotel in Abbotsford. Come early for dinner, bring a team, win prizes, show off your brains and raise money for science on the radio. Send an email to book your table to lostinsci at gmail.com. That's L-O-S-T-I-N-S-C-I at gmail.com and we will sort you out for tickets. Lost in Science Trivia Night, Monday the 14th of August. Remember to tune in each Thursday at 8.30am for all your sciencey goodness.
You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am, on digital and online, 3CR Radical Radio. Today on Yarra Boss Users Group Radio on 3CR, I'm chatting to Julian O'Shea. And uh, Julian, you you could uh, introduce yourself and all the things that you do. Sure thing. So great to be here. I'm a researcher. I just finished up my PhD in transport design and have a real interest in the way that we make our cities more livable, more cyclable, more walkable. And I also make videos about Melbourne, about design and all of these topics for YouTube and TikTok. And you got a pretty big presence on that. You're getting a lot of I would say, kind of thing in the media with some of the recent stuff you've said about, or you know, observations about uh, some of the larger size vehicles we're seeing on our streets. Indeed, I took a photo of one of these big Ram trucks, and it went a bit viral on Twitter, and that led to a opinion piece in the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, um, and many, many, many media articles since then, including being on the project last week, talking about what's been called truckzillas. Truckzillas. There's been a few car terms bandied about about them, but I can remember even going back to the 50s and even the 80s, oh, probably the 90s, really. 50s with car ornaments and problems mm-hmm. with that. And I remember also being involved with some stuff in the 90s about four-wheel drives, you know, with bull bars in the city. Now, you know, things like the Ramjets. Look, I'm five foot. I barely come up to the front of one of those things. They really are ridiculous, yeah. but it is worth noting that um, all cars have gotten a lot bigger. You're right. Like the idea of an SUV was a rare thing not all that long ago. 20 years ago, they were you know, far less common than they are now. So there's been this growth in all of our vehicles and these Ram-type type trucks and, and four-wheel drives are just the real absurd extreme. So, yeah, we're kind of hitting the point where things are getting a bit a bit ridiculous, in my opinion. And going back, I think, to the 70s and 80s, you might, you might know a bit about this, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, some of the car, Australian car manufacturers were quite decent in some of their, well, their A-pillar designs and like, so you had better sight lines. And that seems to have gone out the window. That's you know, no joke intended. That's right. There's a lot of real uh, limitations. You mentioned the sight lines. There was a news piece that looked at the kind of Dodge Rams or Ford F-150s and the experiment that they did is they lined up kids in front of it to see how far or how many there would be till someone till before the driver could see them. And it wasn't until the 11th child that they could see the top of the head. That's oh. 10 kids between you and visibility. Oh, my God. And and the speed differential, too. I mean, you know, there's been a push on for you know, either state government or LGA sort of stuff of getting things around the 30, 40 kilometre mile per hour thing. What? what why is this sort of stuff in terms of our vehicle design going in the opposite direction? Is yeah, isn't it a bit interesting? It feels like in this world that we're kind of inhabiting that there's often, you know, two steps forward, one step back. We're getting, you know, some more um, kind of fixed cycle lanes and infrastructure. But you're right. At the same time, these vehicles are getting getting more dangerous. So the OECD, which are all the kind of countries that Australia compares themselves to, they recommend that the speed limit in built-up areas should be around 30 kilometres an hour. Whereas in Australia, the default is 50. And for things like these big trucks, that makes such a big difference because 
you're far less likely to get into an accident if you're traveling slower and if you do the results are not as deadly there's a lot of stuff that goes back a long way about stopping differences for you know uh, someone walking someone on a bike car tram bus you know that sort of thing and we, we just seem to keep forgetting these lessons do you think this is a bit of a you know i hate to say it, a bit of a cultural war thing going on it is a little bit to the credit of people that are buying cars they're just unless there are a few options and there used to be of smaller vehicles the average price of cars are going up and up and part of that is that there's so much more money to be made like some of these vehicles got a hundred thousand dollars so, you know, the car manufacturers would love it if you spent that type of money on a, on a vehicle. So there are just fewer quality, smaller options, less hatchbacks, less sedans. So a bit, a bit of culture, but also a bit of, you know, just there's limited choices. Seamen's Union and the Waterside Workers Federation took part in the longest boycott in Australian history after Finochet took over in Chile. A democratically elected government was overthrown with the help of the United States. There are many Chileans in Australia who suffered torture, imprisonment and whose family members have been disappeared. We can't move forward as a society without healing these past crimes. The Chilean community, in partnership with the AMWU's International Solidarity Initiative, is holding a commemorative event for the 50th anniversary of Chile's coup, September 11, the day that changed us forever. Join generations of Chilean refugees, exiles and recent arrivals, together with Australian unionists and activists in the solidarity movement, for a night of testimonies, speakers, poetry and music. On Monday, September 11, from 6pm at Solidarity Hall at the Victorian Trades Hall, this event will be held in English and all are welcome. To register, search for Chile 50 Years on eventbrite.com.au. Chile, 50 years of solidarity and struggle. A 3CR supporter. Yeah, no, that's a really good point to bring in. So you would say with there's a bit of a price point between people wanting to get EVs and they see themselves as getting a standard sedan or something and it doesn't seem to be working out for them or people want that kind of Triton ute sort of look with a bit more oomph. Yeah, and look, part of it, people quite, you know, rightly wanting safety for them and their family, but because all the other vehicles around them are so massive, it's like an arms race, you know, that'll never end until we're all driving around in tanks. We've got to come from this from proactive thing because you know this this show is predominantly about micro mobility and cycling and the like of it. What can people do? You know, and that's a pretty loaded question. Yeah, look, I think there are lots of things that can be done. The city of Melbourne, for example, have recently put out their future street strategy. Now that is kind of vision for the CBD in the centre of Melbourne, and it really prioritises different forms of mobility things like cycling, micro-mobility and pedestrians and public transport. So if some of those kind of changes happened in different different councils where other things got prioritised, then there'll be fewer and slower vehicles. Advocating for lower speed limits is, I think, really important because, as we said, that'll, that'll make a, a massive difference. And I think just kind of recognising these big vehicles are taking up public space. So as a society, what do we want to do about it? What do we want to use our cities for? What do we want to use the 
incredibly rare, valuable public space. Is it for bike lanes? Is it for parks? Is it for car parks? Is it for other things? So really kind of be, being part of the conversation there, I think, is key. And finally, I'll just note that other cities around the world are taking action. Paris has started to charge those bigger vehicles, those big trucks and SUVs, um, higher fees for parking. And that seems kind of fair. They take up more space and they do more damage to the road. Yeah, and you were just talking about speed limits in residential zones and the like that uh, uh, North Fitzroy's just got one too. It's having it on peak times on uh, St George's Road and Brunswick Street in Fitzroy North, which is also a pretty big thoroughfare for riders as well. So we're mm-hmm. seeing things, but is it enough? And also it gets back into, if you see these, as you were just talking about City of Melbourne, for public feedback and like, get involved. Oh, my goodness. It's a great, great bit of advice. So few people, you know, make the most of it. And there are often these big, loud, there are these loud voices that are, you know, complaining about bike lanes. I think it's really important that people that live in the communities make their voice heard, that they do want a safe, they want a sustainable, they want a livable, they want an enjoyable street. So I really think the public mood Mm. is with, um, you know, more pedestrianised areas, more bike lanes, but it's important that those voices get heard. This is predominantly about bikes, as I've reiterated a couple of times, but what would you like to see car designers and car manufacturers do? You know, we were seeing the big push on for EVs, but really, is there something else that they can do um, other than, you know, use public transport, walk and cycle like? So for the car manufacturers, there's a lot of design things that would really improve them. I think things like 360-degree cameras is really important because the visibility is just so poor you know, trying to trying to mitigate that. Things like, you know, th- some of these cars can do 130, 150 k's an hour or even more dangerous doing 60 or 70 kilometres an hour inside a school zone. Mm. So, look, there's a real option. And now that the cars are so smart, they know exactly where they are on the road, they think of GPS. Having technical constraints that stop cars doing 10, 20, 30, 50 kilometres above the speed limit um, would make, a, would make a, real, a real difference. So kind of there's the compliance piece, not just the... Um, you know, the kind of guidelines about how fast cars could drive. Yeah, we get, a, we get a lot of guidelines, but not a lot of enforcement. I think it's a bit of a problem too. Yeah, that's right. And look, the other things like, um, you know, mobile phone use and other things that are, are distracting. Another technological trend that um, worries me a little bit is that you know, cars call, you know, their technical systems like the infotainment. Now, the goal is not to entertain people. We shouldn't be like you know, playing, you know, full movies on HD screens in between that there's all these buttons and things to take your eyes off the road that I think, yeah, we should really focus on how to make the drive as safe as possible. Yeah, because the whole LiDAR thing has kind of diminished a lot in the last couple of years in terms of self-driven or car sort of thing. That's, the heat's kind of gone off that a bit, hasn't it? The self-driving cars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that it's all a bit, bit, bit of hype, to be honest. And I think, you know, the complexities of navigating two tonnes of metal through a complex terrain is probably harder than, than was thought. And, yeah, you know, look, we know how to make – if the goal is to make, uh, you know, travel and transport safer, we already know how to do it. Slow vehicles down, get people on trains, get people on bikes, separate from cars that, you know, there are great places around the world we can look to that don't involve new whiz-bang, untested technology. (laughs) 
Australia's energy market is broken. Right, but co-power gives you better energy? Nope, no retailer can control where the electrons they buy off the grid come from. But as a co-power member, you can vote on where 100% of revenue goes. So instead of corporate profit, your energy bill builds the world you want to be a part of. That's cool. Learn more about the solidarity economy and co-power today and take the power back. Victorian energy fact sheets and basic plan information documents are available at cooperativepower.org.au. For clear advice on the right plan for you, contact us on 03 9068 6036. A 3CR supporter. An interesting thing you say about some of the stuff that, you know, technology that is available in our vehicles is that there's always this push on for cyclists and e-scooters and the like to have be speed limited. Isn't it crazy that, that a, a small kick scooter um, or, a, you know, an a e-bike may have speed limiters in it, they may have, you know, other requirements, but something that weighs three tonnes and can do 200 kilometres an hour, there's no technology there. Because that's another thing, separate to, you know, truckzillas, there's been a, like an increase in like, what we would say the higher-end performance car on our roads. And some of, as you said, some of those can do a, you know, well, it's yeah. one of the yeah. yeah one of the um, concerning thing about electric vehicles, and why they are you know um, better for just purely carbon emissions, is that the instant torque, the instant pickup, can make them actually quite dangerous. Because if someone just makes a simple mistake, they put their foot on the down hard on the accelerator instead of the brake, they can go from zero to you know fast really really quickly. And if they're just aiming at the wrong thing, that could be really quite dangerous. Now, I do think we'll see some of those incidents in the future where someone just makes a mistake, but because the pickup is so much, that that's dangerous. So whenever a manufacturer boasts about its acceleration, do know that that's a dangerous feature, not just a positive one. Yeah, that's the sort of thing where um, last week with a mob of other people, and other, uh, probably continuing as the uh, Victorian parliamentary inquiry into vulnerable road users, mm-hmm. and the thing that kept coming up is, here's examples thereof what's happening on the streets, but... The state government isn't pushing in another way to, you know, enforce things like safe systems and the like. And it's like this really strange kind of cultural thing where we've let everyone have their, you know, like design what they want, do what they want, and we just sit, you know, sit back and say, oh, it's too hard to actually change anything. It actually it isn't. All the tools and all the skills and all the resources are there to change. That's right. There's great examples of cities around the world that have just made such brilliant progress in preventing deaths, preventing pedestrian deaths, from making cycling the desired choice of transport. I think there's a lot we could follow. Julian, if people want to see more of your know, stuff that you do, and especially Unknown Melbourne, how, how can they uh, find out more about some of your work? Yeah, my name's Julian O'Shea, and that's kind of the handle I use on all the apps. So if there's a place where you can watch video online, you can um, find me there, telling stories about design and cities and uh, our beautiful home of Melbourne, Australia. Okay, thank you so much for your chat today. Cheers, great to chat. Need an extra layer for the cooler months? We've got great new long sleeve tops that proudly say Workers Radio. Available now online or at the station. Perfect for layering when you're out on the street. They'll have you picket line ready for winter. At $40, you'll get a great quality shirt, ethically and locally manufactured by Qualitops in Reservoir. 
Order now and we'll post one out for $8.50. Or you can pick it up from the station. Buy one online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Or come into the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. And thank you to Julian for making time to have a chat about truckzillas. Yep, you're listening to Yarra Boss, we use the group radio and community radio, 3CR. And as I mentioned in the interview, last week saw the first public hearings for, brings it up, uh, Legislative Assembly Economy and Infrastructure Committee, and it was the inquiry into the impact of road safety behaviours on vulnerable road users. And um, started last Monday, which had the council's round table. No, it's Wednesday, actually. And after that, um, Mary Beckbug and Yarrabug. Now it's Lisa, Faith and myself uh, presented. And uh, there was uh, a subsequent uh, more hearings on Thursday. And they continue, I will just bring this up, on Tuesday the 22nd of August, uh, Thursday the 24th, and then Wednesday the 13th of September. Now, if you want to find out more about that, I'll put that into the podcast description, the actual link, where you can have a read of the introduction submissions. So over 260-odd, I think, uh, submissions made, the hearings, and hopefully we'll get the the things that we said to the committee uh, into Hansard. Now, the interesting thing about that is when I turned up, I thought, oh, this would be a whole bunch of, you know, when I entered the room, was I thought, oh, that's just a whole bunch of our council people sitting around one side of it. No, it's actually one side of that table is all Victorian MPs, which was quite interesting. They're all new MPs, so, you know, kind of all broad-eyed and bushy-tailed and just uh, being elected into uh, Victorian Parliament. But it was good to see that. Uh, did kind of note with some reticence that as I was having a chat to John, many would put it from Sustainable, Marybeck and quite a few other places, uh, that, you know, there's been eight other parliamentary inquiries and the government hasn't really acted upon this sort of stuff. But these uh, public inquiries, things like what Julian was saying, things that we keep um, mentioning on the show, when you see something come up for public feedback, please, please, please make an effort to get your feedback in. As we know, as we've discussed on the show over the years, uh, these can get, you know, these processes get skewed from um, the loudest voices, the most dominating voices, the most angry voices. And invariably, that may not be what is actually wanted for something where they want to change road treatment, they want a separated, you know, they mentioned separated bicycle infrastructure, changed um, speed limits, as we I mentioned on the show fortnight ago, that we're seeing the uh, 40 kilometre speed limit come in for Brunswick Street, Fitzroy North between, you know, for peak times. Small, but it is changing. And also, if you uh, want to uh, catch up with some of the news I said in the intro, especially some interesting things going on in Wellington Street, Collingwood at the moment, please get onto the City of Yarra uh, front page and contact them and also make a report if you see any debris, some interesting objects, um, 
yeah, just uh, keep an eye out for that. And also things at uh, Port Phillip Bicycle User Group uh, for this Wednesday, if you can either put in a submission in support of the Kerford Lane uh, bicycle infrastructure or attend. And also coming up for the uh, later this month with um, just an informal get together. Doesn't have to be. You don't have to be a member of Bicycle Use Group. You'd be someone who really, really, really was looking forward to these separated uh, infrastructure on St Kilda Road that was, you know, done in parallel with the um, Melbourne Metro Tunnel uh, works. Okay, that's all I've got time for today. Again, thank you. Uh, Julian for making time I'll put a whole bunch of links into the podcast description and remember that uh, us announcers we're all volunteers and the show is kept on uh, you know you know we just had a very very successful radiothon thing where we made over our target but uh, 3CR doesn't get uh, government funding it's all public and if you go to 3cr.org.au and look for the subscribe donate and or fundraiser options you can look at ways of keeping us on air okay uh, faith and valve should be in the studio next week and up next is shebop followed by black block Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.